keep on praying for those things. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 17. Oh, wait, that's Roger Whiteside's Sunday School Notes. Where did that come from? Um, no, we're going to go to uh, Revelation 22. Revelation 22 is where we're going this morning. Revelation 22, the very last chapter of the Bible. We will finish the meeting, of course, Friday and Saturday, and then uh, Sunday we'll be at River City Baptist in Atomas, and then uh, the next week we start a revival meeting in Macon, Georgia. So we'll be in Georgia for a couple of weeks, be able to see Megan's family uh, for Thanksgiving, as well as see my sister and brother-in-law who recently moved to Atlanta, Georgia. So that's what we've got going on the next few weeks, and again, we'd appreciate if you keep us in, in your prayers as well. Revelation chapter 22, a beginning in verse number 6, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, and that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in the prophecy, or in this book. And, it, and if any man shall take away the words of the book of, the, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this last chapter of your holy word. Lord, I praise you that in the end we win. Lord, that we are on the winning side. I thank you, Lord, that, that this life is the worst that we'll ever know. Lord, for those of us who know the Savior, Lord, I thank you that I have a great hope, a great promise, a future in heaven with you. Lord, I thank you that my salvation is eternal, 
that you have my salvation, that I can never lose it. Lord, I praise you for Jesus Christ, Lord, who came to this sinful earth and lived a sinless life and took all of the sins upon the whole world, took all of our sins upon himself and became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ, for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Lord, thank you that we have this great future ahead of us. And Lord, as we don't know when the last day is going to be, I ask, Lord, that you would instill upon us a sense of urgency, uh, that we would live for eternity's values in view. Lord, would you, as Jonathan Edwards prayed, would you please stamp eternity upon our eyes? Lord, may you grip us with eternity's values. May that be a passion in our hearts. May you do whatever you need to do in each of us, Lord, to get our eyes upon eternity. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We start this message here this morning in the book of Revelation, the very last chapter. And it's good to read the last chapter uh, every now and then, to know that, that in the end we do win, that we are on the winning side. I have a uh, pastor friend that is a big football fan and uh, big Indianapolis Colts, and he says, I, I can't watch the games, of course, I'm preaching. He says, so I record them, and I'll watch them later on. He says, sometimes I'll watch it just as is. I won't know what the score is. He says, sometimes I look at the score, and, and I see that the Colts have won the game. It doesn't matter what happens on in that game. I know in the end the Colts are going to win. Uh, if there's a fumble, if there's an interception, if they're down by 21, I know they're going to come back and they're going to win. And we have, uh, see here in the book of Revelation that we're on the winning side. Uh, yes, there's trials and tribulations and all of those other things, but we have a great future ahead of us. And I'm thankful for, uh, for what we have in Christ. Now, we don't know uh, when our last day is going to be. We don't know uh, if, if maybe even today is the last day that we'll have. Last Saturday, I was informed there was a former doormate of mine when I was a resident advisor in charge of a dorm. I uh, had several guys in there, and I'd pray for them every day. And one of the guys in our dorm was Michael Durso. And, and I remember praying for him every day. And, and I lost contact with him since I've uh, been out of college. But, but uh, last uh, week ago, Tuesday, uh, there was a uh, group message on Facebook uh, for those alumnus from Ambassador. And they said, uh, Michael Durso is in the hospital right now. Uh, he has pneumonia, and he's just been diagnosed with leukemia. And, uh, and it's just it's a serious situation. And then Saturday, we found out Michael Durso passed away. 38 years old, three children, uh, you know, beautiful family. But his race is over. And then uh, this, uh, this month, uh, we were in uh, Mesquite, Nevada. And I will tell more of the story here at the end of Mesquite, Nevada. But uh, we were in Mesquite, Nevada uh, with Pastor Mike Quinton and his wife Janine. And, and uh, they started that church uh, over uh, three years ago. And, and uh, God's used them in some tremendous ways. And we were there, uh, uh, we'd scheduled it probably a year in advance uh, that we're going to be there in October. And in the summertime, uh, he had called me and he says, Tim, uh, I have been diagnosed with different various cancers, uh, liver cancer, kidney cancer, and he has two uh, tumors in the, in the brain. Uh, and I believe he also had stomach cancer. And he says, Tim, I'm, I'm dying. And, uh, and I said, well, if, you know, if we can get there sooner, we, we don't want to try to get there sooner. We weren't able to. And so we had this scheduled there in October and drove there to Mesquite, Nevada. And we were there, and he looked good. I mean, he was in a lot of pain, uh, but he looked good. And I, uh, we were talking, and he says, Tim, 
I think I've preached my last message last week. I've never had a pastor say that to me. I've preached my final message. And I'm thinking to myself, no, no, you haven't. You know, you still got some time. Uh, You're looking pretty good. I know you're in a lot of pain, but you still have some time. In my mind, I didn't say that to him. And I'm thinking, no, he's got to give at least another one. And so his last message, you know, he says that was last week. And he says, you're here this Sunday. And he almost didn't even show up for the service. But uh, they, they certainly do love us and, and uh, poured uh, their life into us as much as they can. They're a church that supports us uh, every month. And, and so, uh, you know, we were there. And, and then uh, that Monday, October 3rd, uh, we drove to Utah and went to one of the national parks. And he drove uh, there. We spent several hours in the car with him and talking with him. And, you know, and I wanted to ask him, what's it like to know that you're going to die? What's it like to know that at some point the end's going to be? And I never asked him that. I didn't know, I didn't feel comfortable to say that or ask him those things. But, but uh, we had a good time of fellowship. And, and uh, he's uh, uh, been turning it over to the church to a, a young man, uh, 22 years old, just graduated from college this year, uh, and is going to get married next year. And so uh, he's green and, and just being put into the fire with uh, all the pastoring of this church. And so uh, we had a great time with the Quintons. And, uh, and I didn't, when, I, when we left that Monday night, October 3rd, I, I didn't want to say, you know, goodbye. <laughs> I just said, you know, see you later. Because uh, I thought, well, I'm going to try to get there one more time before he passes away. Uh, maybe I've got at some point in the schedule, the next few months, that I could just fly to Las Vegas, get a rental car, and drive there. Mike Quinton passed away Friday night. His time is over. Now, in my mind, I thought, oh, he's got more time, but he didn't. In his mind, he knew his time was coming soon. He knew it was it. Was it. He knew, and the last time he preached was that one that he told me. And I, don't, I haven't talked to his wife, but that, uh, that Sunday that he was there with us, I would assume would be the last Sunday that he attended church. We don't know when the last day is going to be. Eternity is a heartbeat away. This man, Mike Quinton, was 75. The other one was 38. And, uh, and God, uh, uh, we need to have eternity be upon our hearts. He says here in, in Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 7, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Then he says in verse number 12, And behold, I come quickly. And then you look at verse number 20, Surely I come quickly. Now, two words are used for emphasis. Behold is a word of attention. God is seeking to get our attention. He can come back at any moment. We can be in eternity at any moment. Could this be the last message that I'll ever get to preach? Many times I think that. When I'm up and preaching, this could be the final time. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on, you know, preaching some other times. Of course, you know, next Sunday in Natomas and, and uh, you know, like going to Georgia and things. I'm planning on that, but this could be the last time. And so we ought to be, we ought to, our attention needs to be, uh, to be grabbed a hold of and say, hey, uh, this could be at any moment God could come back. And then he gives the word of attention, but then he gives a word of assurance in verse number 20. Surely I come quickly. Now, we don't know the definite time, but we have a definite promise. He's coming back. Uh, he's coming back. We could be the generation that gets raptured. Uh, you know, somebody says, let's do some rapture drills. And they start jumping up, you know. Uh, you know, we, we could be it. We could be the last generation. 
So the revelation of Jesus Christ ends with a detailed description of the new heaven, the new earth. We see that there's many things that are going to pass on. Uh, And I'm looking forward to some of these great blessings. Look at Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven, a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The sea is a picture of our restless and ever-changing world. Isaiah 55 or 57 verse 20 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. The sea is that picture of that restless, changing world that we have. There's going to be no more sea. I'm looking forward to that. Then verse number 4, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Hallelujah. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Some of you this morning, you're in physical pain right now. Someday that's all going to be over. I'm thankful that Michael Clinton is no longer in pain. Uh, I'm thankful that that there's going to be a point where we have no more pain. Then verse number 22 of Revelation 21, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And so there's no temple. Then verse number 23, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. Why? For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. What we read just now, for those of us who know Christ is our Savior, it's going to become sight. The Lord is the, the glory of the Lord is the light of it. When there's no need of the sun, the moon, all of those other things, He provides the light. He is the light. He is the main attraction of heaven. And then verse 25, the And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Verse 27, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, there's no more sin. There's no more evil. Again, I say hallelujah to that. Uh, No more sin, no more evil. Uh, Then verse 3 of chapter 22, And there shall be no more curse, There's going to be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. As wonderful as these truths are, and we ought to to meditate and ponder about those wonderful things that are in our future, there are some things when Christ comes back that will also be no more. When Christ comes back, there will be no more time for those who have rejected Christ to get saved. Revelation 21, verse, or 22, verse 10, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Why has Christ not come back yet? Because, saying to Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. A merciful God is giving people opportunity to repent and, and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But soon that time will end. Someday the door will close on you. Megan and I were in, uh, at uh, the hospital earlier this week. On a Tuesday we uh, visited a young man from another church that uh, apparently tried to commit suicide and is not saved. I was thinking, even this last weekend, uh, those that have committed suicide and are not saved, they think, oh, I'm going to end all of the, uh, this, this uh, uh, horribleness of my life, this, this no hope. I'm going to end all the pain. I'm just going to kill myself. 
and they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they've rejected Him, and when they die, they're immediately in hell. And what they think they're trying to escape from, it's going to be even worse when they die. This young man, he has a very hardened heart. Very prideful. Uh, There's a little bit of tenderness in there. And and I was again giving him the gospel and and trying to to urge him uh, about uh, thinking of of eternity in Christ and and salvation. Uh, He didn't get saved that, uh, that day. We're praying that he will get saved. Uh, God will uh, uh, get all of his heart, but, but he's so hardened. And I told him, I said, God may shut the door on you someday. Genesis 6, 3, my spirit shall not always strive with man. And there's going to come a point where it's too late to come to know Christ as your Savior. It's too late to consider eternity. In, ch- in Luke chapter 12, verse 20, the story is told of a wealthy man who thought he had many years to live. But God said, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. He just had 12 hours to live. This pictures so many souls who are wandering, oblivious into eternity. What if they only had 12 hours? What if the people that you knew were lost only had 12 hours to live? Oh, there ought to be an urgency about us. But then when Christ comes, there will be no, time, no more time for believers to serve the Lord. Once when he comes back, that's it. <laughs> Our time to serve Christ here on this earth, it's over. Revelation twenty two twelve. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. And we know salvation is not a reward, it's a gift. But after the gift of salvation, we can earn these rewards. Uh, we uh, lay up treasures upon heaven and not upon earth. Some Christians will be alive when the Lord returns. And at any moment, Christ may come. And so whatever we intend to do for Him must not be done now with urgency. I think of that with the men's meeting. There's times I, uh, rarely do I get ahead of God. <laughs> I'm one of these personalities that God's got to kind of push me alongside it, and I have to make sure that that's what God wants me to do. Uh, I'm not one that just charges and goes ahead. And, and uh, so the Lord's usually saying, come on, Tim. Uh, I want to be in step with Him. That's where I want to be, is just walking right in step with Him. Uh, but, uh, but the, the, you know, I think about the men's meeting, and, and, I, and I wrestled over it. Do I really want to do this? You know, if I'm going to do something for Christ, I need to do it now. If I'm going to take steps of faith, and, and, and that's what God spoke to my heart about this morning, and uh, taking steps of faith and having great faith, it ought to be done now. If there's a time where you're going to be obedient to God, you're going to spend time in His Word, you're going to spend time in prayer, it's now. You don't know if you have the next few months ahead of you. You don't know what, what, what's going to take place, but so the time to serve God is now. The time to live for Christ is now. The time to, 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 to just uh, launch out to whatever God wants you to do is now. I believe God puts things in your hearts and, and it has given you a purpose. Uh, there's a reason why uh, uh, you're here. Uh, I was reading in a devotional book, um, a devotional book earlier today. Purpose determines priorities. Priorities determine plans. Plans determine the use of time. And without clear purpose, priorities, and a plan, you are wasting your time. It is not where you are, it is where you're going that really counts. God has, still has us here. Your time is not over yet. There's a purpose for your life. There's something God is, wants you to do. Someone said life 
It's tragic for the person who has plenty to live on but have nothing to live for. Duncan Campbell said it may be a truism to say that there comes a time in every life when we are made to face the supreme human problem of having our lives rightly related to the purposes for which we are created. One of the purposes of our church these last nine years and now ten is to do the two-minute warning. And we're thankful, we're grateful to God for the opportunity to serve Him in this way. But it has taken faith. It's taken obedience. It's taken prayer prayer and labor and work. All of these things. God's put that upon us. And, and when we get to the judgment seat of Christ, I believe these last nine years have been gold, silver, and precious stone. I believe God's done some great things. We have laid up treasure in heaven in just this one area of ministry of the church. And there's many other areas of ministry of the church. This is just one, one area. And, and this is an opportunity for us to, to live for Christ and, and, and to lay up those treasures in heaven. So God has, still has us here for, this, for a purpose. And we need to have a sense of urgency because we don't know when our time to serve God is over. What if you only had 12 hours left to live? What if, if it was uh, uh, you that, that passed away this week? What, what priorities would you have? How would your life change? If God says, all right, you have till Saturday. Oh, I'm going to start witnessing. I'm going to start telling others about Christ. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to spend time in God's Word. I'm going to try to encourage others and, and encourage as many people as I can. What if you only had those few days left to live? There ought to be that sense of urgency. 2 Corinthians 5.9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. We're going to be tried by fire. Gold, silver, and precious stone is, above, is below the ground. Wood, hay, and stubble is above the ground. The things that may seem like a great ministry, and, and, uh, you know, but, but all the fleshliness, all of that above the ground stuff, it's going to burn away. But the gold, silver, and precious stone, the times we spend in prayer, the times when we work when nobody else sees it, that we pick up that piece of trash, nobody else sees it, God sees it. When you seek to encourage somebody that nobody else will know about it, God sees that. God knows those things. And we ought to lay up our treasures in heaven. And when Christ comes back, there's going to be no more time for us to serve Him here on this earth. So again, what we need to do for Christ, we ought to do it now. We ought to live for Him now. Take the steps of faith and obedience that He's calling you to do. But then lastly, when Christ comes, there's no more time for believers to share the gospel for those who are lost. This is, this is it, the, the final invitation given in God's word. Look at verse number 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. What's the Holy Spirit's final message to the world? Come. Come to Christ. What's the, uh, the not only just the Spirit's message, but it says the Spirit and the bride. The Spirit and the Bride have the same message. What's the message that they both have? Come. Come to Christ. Come to the one uh, who will satisfy that thirst that's within you. But then, even more specifically, notice who else it's given to. The Spirit and the Bride say come, and let him that heareth say come. That's us individually. 
The Spirit's message, the church's message, and our message individually is the same. Oh, come to Christ. Come to the one. Come take of the water of life freely. His last words would be the, his last words would be the church's lasting message. Come to Christ. Who have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, as 1 Peter 2, 4 says. There are two, peop, two groups of people in the end. Revelation 22, 14 and 15. Those who enter heaven and those who are on the outside of heaven. Which one are you going to be in? There's only one way to go to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. Do you know him? Do you know if, for sure if you were to die today that you'd go to heaven? Do you know if your sins are forgiven? We'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service if, if you don't know uh, to, get that, to get that settled. God wants you to know for sure that heaven is your home. What matters at the end of our life ought to matter for us today. When it comes to eternity, people, some people think about their future. There are fewer that think about their eternity. And yet eternity is our future. And it's time to think about it. How are we going to, to finish our course? Now, I don't know how many years I've got left. I, you know, I, I don't expect to be 80 years old. I feel like the Lord's going to come back by then. Uh, but I also didn't think we would be in it for 10 years in this men's meeting. I thought the Lord would come back by now, too. And so uh, we don't know when the last, the last time is going to be, but there ought to be that sense of urgency for eternity's values. This pastor, Michael Quinton, I don't have a, uh, the picture up on the screen. Uh, some of you won't be able to see him. I'm going to try to zoom in here so that you can see a little bit. We took this picture on, uh, on October 2nd. And uh, he even, you know, drove and things. Uh, uh, here's Michael Quinton. Uh, he looks about the same as when I met him uh, four years ago. Michael Quinton uh, was a retired fire captain in Pleasanton. And he, uh, he told me his testimony. Uh, I remember one Sunday we filled in for uh, the church there in Pleasanton, Pastor Bryson. I know, uh, I met Pastor Bryson. I know who he is. We don't know each other real well. But, uh, but I go there to that church, first time I've been to that church, and and uh, Pastor Bryson's gone. I'm filling in. And the, one of the first guys I meet is Michael Quinton. And he says, hi, I'm Pastor Bryson. And I said, no, you're not. Uh, I said, I know who Pastor Bryson is. And, uh, and he, uh, he says, uh, you're right. He says, I'm not Pastor Bryson. My name is Michael Quinton. He's one of the Sunday school teachers here. And, and, uh, and so uh, he's, uh, he's just joking around. He says, now, uh, I believe that, uh, he says, I, I want to, uh, we're going to take you out to eat after the service tonight. And he says, we're going to take you to Sonic. That way you can stay in your car and we'll stay in ours. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, and I just met this guy, but he's a jokester. And so that morning I preach. And then that night I preach again. And at the, at the end, you know, we go uh, with uh, the Quintons and get in their vehicle. They're not taking us to Sonic. They're taking us to a restaurant. And he says, you know, when you preach this morning, I, I told my wife, I said, that's the guy. That's who we've been praying for. That's the couple. And I, uh, he says, but then you preach tonight. And I thought, nope. He's not the guy. And I'm like, what happened this, from this morning to tonight? What did I do tonight? And he says, well, you know, this morning I, I, I was thinking that, you know, you're the guy that I've been praying for because I've been praying that God would send someone to start a church in Mesquite, Nevada. And he said, when you talk about your call to be an evangelist tonight, 
I thought, nope, you're called to be an evangelist. You're not a, a church planner. Uh, you're not, you're not going to be a pastor. And, and I said, that's right. Uh, you know, God's, God's calling my life. And, and so he starts telling me his life story. He got saved when he was 29 years old, got plugged into ministry. And then for the next, uh, next few years, you know, he's busy in ministry. He says, and then I got what people call burned. He says, and then I quit. I gave up. I gave up on church. He says, Tim, I was out of church for over 20 years. He says, when, uh, he says about six years ago, I, I started listening online to Pastor Bryson preaching. And I thought, you know, I need to get back to church. And he says, Tim, it feels so good to have a pastor again. He then retired, uh, I think two years before that, from the fire department. And he was sitting in his rocking chair doing a crossword puzzle. And he says, God, you want more out of my life than this. And so he began to volunteer his time at the church, doing maintenance and different things. And, and then he says, now I'm part of Pastors 100 Club. I said, what's that? He says, that's where you knock on 100 doors a week. I said, you knock on 100 doors every week? He says, yes, I do. And I'm like, wow, uh, you know, I don't do that. And, and, uh, and so uh, we're talking, and, and he says, yeah, and I love studying the Bible. He says, I, I love teaching it. You know, I got the Sunday school class, and I'm, as I'm sitting there, we're driving to the, uh, the restaurant. I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm thinking, God, I know you don't want me, but I think you might want him. He doesn't have a Bible college degree. He's never pastored a church. And at the end of it, we got to the restaurant. And he began to tell me, we, he showed me, showed us the, the spot where this took place. Uh, he says, we were out uh, uh, camping, and, and, uh, and he says, I, at 2 in the morning, I, just, I woke up, and I said, okay, God, I'll go. I'll do it. I'll plant the church. He says, when I surrendered to God, there was such a peace that came over me. His wife, 100% behind him. He says, Tim, we're leaving in two weeks. He says, we're going to go and start this Mesquite Baptist church. He says, we just sold our house. He says, we sold it to a Korean couple who was in our church for some time, but they left because they wanted to start an independent Baptist Korean church. And he begins to cry. He says, Tim, God's even going to use our house because they bought this, this house to start that church. And uh, he just was overwhelmed with one blessing after another. I remember we, we prayed together that night. And here, Megan and I, this is the same time that we were breaking off Megan's job. We were taking that step of faith. And yet, uh, here they were taking this, I mean, it was really a leap as well, but they were taking this leap of faith. Because here's a time where everything should be settled. You're retired. Things should be comfortable. They were. But God's calling. God's working in their heart. There's still something. I'm not done with you yet. There's still something I wanted to do and, and use you through. And, and they answered that call. And I remember that night we prayed in their car. And, and you know what the, the big thrust of the prayer was? Was for the glory of God was that God would be seen, that God would do the impossible. Because how do you take a 71, 72-year-old man who's never pastored a church, move him over to Mesquite, Nevada. He says, I didn't know how to start a church. I Googled it. Uh, how do you start a church? And so he's learning on the fly. He says, I didn't know all those different things, you know, regulation, all the stuff I have to do. And, and, uh, and so they started Mesquite Baptist Church. I remember a couple years ago, we, uh, we, had a, uh, we were in Phoenix, Arizona, and we, woke, well, we, didn't, we slept for like two hours. Then we drove for about nine and got to Mesquite, Nevada, uh, to get there for their second anniversary. And I remember that morning, and, and uh, Megan and I were both pretty tired at that point, but I remember walking in there and, and thinking, impossible. Impossible to see the sign Mesquite Baptist Church, to see this crowd of 30 people or so. It's impossible, but yet God did it. And God, only God can truly get the credit for it. 
And we were again there last year and, and uh, had one of the, the biggest, it was at that time the biggest attended service, uh, got to preach there. And, and it was just, uh, again, an impossible thing. And then to be there again and again, every time I, I walk in there, I'm just thinking, it's impossible. But here's a man that says, you know what, I don't have much time to live. I, you know, I know my clock is ticking. He said this several years ago. He says, I don't want to waste my final years. I don't want to waste the rest of my time here on this earth. I want to set my affection on things above. I want to lay up treasures in heaven. And there was a sense of urgency about him. And in these last four years, God has used him in a powerfully tremendous way to exalt himself where we have to look and say, only God. Only God could have done this. And he's gotten the glory out of Mike Quinton's life. And now his course is finished. But ours is still going. Amen. Absolutely. God wants to get glory out of your life and out of mine. And there ought to be a sense of urgency about us. That we would live for God in these days. That we would think about eternity's values. That there would be that sense of urgency to give the gospel to those we know that are lost and even those we don't know yet.